Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That man over there is the faint Brand Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. And that gentleman over there is the evanescent Will Curran of Endless Events, which Ooh. I had to look up. Do you know what What's evanescent is? I know that like Evanescence is a band, but well, no. no, not Evanescence, but Evanescent, <laughs> evanescent. Uh, is the adjective. And, and I hope this not to be true because you would be the soon passing out of sight, memory or existence, <laughs> <laughs> fading quickly or disappearing. So I hope Bring you are not, in fact, the, I hope you're not the Evanescent yeah, Wilker. That'd be like, yeah, just fade off into existence, you know? Um, That's terrible. That's well, a terrible adjective. Well, it's funny that you talk about fading off into uh, the, the existence and uh, falling away um, because I think today's topic is about how do we not do that for virtual attendees and hybrid attendees and how they interact with each other. Boom! You like that transition right there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. So, so today, folks, we're talking about how as we start to make our way into doing hybrid events, you're going to have a virtual audience and then you obviously have an in-person audience and you obviously want them to be able to interact with each other, to network with each other, to engage with each other. How do you allow them to do that beyond what I think uh, I'll talk about is I think the, the, the obvious way, but how can you enable that to happen to create these true merged audiences? Um, and I think this is a big challenge that our industry is going to go through and new technologies are going to come through. So I thought it was a cool little tech talk. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, so I'm, 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 I'm doing a lot of thinking, a lot of soul searching these days. Because uh, it, it really, we, we are coming up on one year anniversaries of when a lot of this stuff started mm -hmm. to happen. I, was, I started to look at the timeline as we're recording this. Um, but, uh, you know, looking back at last year, uh, it was about March 6th that they announced South by Southwest wasn't going to happen. Mm. And it wasn't that much longer when they canceled E3, the, the World Phone Conference. Mm -hmm. And I, it was about that time that I went upstairs. I remember vividly, like, walking up from my office, going upstairs to my wife and being like, I think this could be bad. Um, you know, like, real bad for our industry. Uh, and, you know, obviously not knowing when we were going to get back to things. Obviously, we all hoped it was going to be a lot earlier than this. But the conversation for a while now has been, okay, how do I move forward uh, with my design and planning if we don't know what's going on? And, and there's, there's really only two answers. And the, the first answer is, well, you just plan on it being online, um, uh, at a fully online event. And then uh, just if maybe, you, maybe that's okay. And maybe it's, you know, maybe you could have had it in person, but better to just put your energies behind online or mm -hmm. uh, go hybrid. And so mm -hmm. you're planning or for both. Or go like virtual first leading into hybrid. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, rather than, and I keep telling folks, you know, rather than wringing your hands wondering when we're going to get out of this, you need to just make a decision and, and move forward because every day you're going, you know, I saw it again just this last week, another survey of planners of when do you think we will return? And we are not the people to be answoring that question. Nope. You know, the, it's, 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 it's scientists and city Medical officials and, you know, we, want, we have a very vested interest in getting people back to events. And so we shouldn't, we are not in any way an unbiased <laughs> <laughs> um, survey, survey study. So anyway. The, uh, the, the point is that if, if you, you know, decide 
you know, if you're trying to decide, should I, you know, will I be able to do in person? Will we still be in lockdown? We, you know, will we be having another surge, which some people are saying? Um, you know, the safest bet is to go fully online, but then the next safest bet is hybrid. And so we wanted to take a moment to talk about hybrid because I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of folks saying, whoa, 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 whoa! It's going to be twice as expensive. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm going to need twice the staff. And so I think there's some myths uh, that are floating around regarding hybrid Ooh. events. Um, uh, are you here? Like I mean, are you hearing these kinds of so. things? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I'm also perpetrating some of them, too, because, like, oh, people no. are looking for an answer. So, like, I, I, I put some – but I think it's also one of these things, like, yeah, I mean I, – I, you obviously you can say like a generalization like yeah like two times more expensive I'm more of a fan of saying look like over budget for this because I think everyone's thinking oh it's gonna be cheaper and I'm like I don't think it's gonna be cheaper but like and then I think people are then like well yeah then so what are you talking about like you know an extra five thousand dollars it's like well no it's not that easy so I just tell people I'm like look just double your budget and then you have the production value and those sort of things but obviously I think there's a range and a scale when it comes to all these things um, like it but I think there are some very big problems like this attendee interaction between um, the virtual and the in-person that is not going to be as simple as, oh, yeah, we just, you know, they'll all use the same app, you know, no extra costs on there. Or let me just make sure I, that everyone ha can increase the budget of the wi or the bandwidth of the Wi-Fi server can come in. I think that there's going to be some thoughtful things that are going to cost money to be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it, you know, it's uh, from day one on the online events, I've been begging people not to slash the budgets that it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just because we're going online doesn't mean it's free. Um, and so, you know, rather than taking uh, your AV budget or anything like that and just saying, oh, well, we're not traveling, so cut the travel budget. Oh, we're not staying in hotels, so cut the hotel budget. Oh, we're, you know, not supplying food, so cut the catering budget. Saying, okay, we're changing our venue. And so our venue is now this online platform. So take your venue budget, put that towards the platform. You might need a little bit of the rest, uh, depending on which platform you use, because platforms are ranging anywhere from 20000 to 200000 uh, depending on which one you use. And then you've still got AV budget, and you've still got, you know, uh, uh, some catering budget, content some marketing budget, budget some yeah, content budget, you know, all this other stuff. Um, and so the biggest mistake that a lot of folks did was was immediately slashing their budgets uh, when they brought things online. So now, as we start to look toward hybrid, yeah, now if, if you slashed all those budgets and now you got to add that all back in, um, you are looking at a, at a pretty big ding, you know, because you're trying to do your online show and all of the budget that went to that, plus all the stuff that you were doing with your in-person show. But if you flip it around and this is what I'm going to try this is how I try and talk people off the ledge <laughs> is, <laughs> is is okay so if I if if we could go back in time if only right to two years ago and someone came to me and said I've got this in-person event and I want to make it a hybrid event um, I would have said okay great you know and here's how we can do it and it's not going to cost you that much more because most of our small to medium size events, you already have a camera in the room, you already have a mixer board in the room, you've already probably got a, vix a video switcher in the room. You know, if you've got more than one laptop, you know, and a video to play, you've got a video switcher in the room. If you've got iMag, you've got a camera in the room. And if you have any microphones, you have, uh, you know, an audio mixer in the room. So all of that gear is already there. Now all you're adding is the ability to stream that you know that that camera those microphones out to the internet mm. um, so there's going to be a streaming provider cost um, mm. and then some place to host it 
So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I think back yeah. to like a Sonic Foundry media site or something like that, you know, they just roll in with a box, you patch in your audio feed, you patch in your video feed, you patch in a computer and away you go. And then, you know, you're paying a little bit for them to host it, but they can usually embed it in your, you know, your company's, uh, you know, website or something along those lines. And then you need some way to interact. And for me, that's where the rubber hits the road for hybrid is some way to connect the audiences, to interact with those audiences. And so chances are, you know, if it was two years ago and you were a pretty good size event, you had an event app. Yeah. And, you know, people were already using... And now it's like the virtual platform, basically. Right. So, So people were already using event apps and already using, you know, Q&A apps and polling and Slido and, you know, all this kind of stuff were being used in person. So you still use that, right? You, you, yeah. you bring that in and you let the people who are online use that as well. So now they've got a voice in the room. Totally. They've got the ability to, to ask questions just like everybody else, upvote. And if you're all on the same platform, that gives you the ability to, you know, plus one and, you know, those kind of, a lot of those apps let you do that. So, so that was, so really you're not adding that much more. The only other thing that I think cost wise, and we can, we can discuss this, uh, you know, in a bit is the addition of a moderator. So like having that voice in the room that is specific to the online audience. Um, but you're not adding double the tech staff. You're not adding double the staffing in order. But I will challenge you. Okay. I call that, I call that hybrid 1.0. That's like 2019 hybrid. That's totally cool. Most people would be totally cool with it. Right. And I think that that's also a good example of how you can then get the audience engaged with the content. But then you're kind of missing this big element of like, okay, well, the in-person people get to have a party and they get to network with each other and they get to go talk to the exhibitors and see the products in person and things like that. So how can you recreate that for the virtual audience? Like, obviously, I think that's a lot of like what I mean, we're, we won't beat this one with the dead horse, but I think that's a lot of like how you create a good virtual experience. But I think the missing pieces, though, um, for me, is like, how do you recreate that networking component across virtual and in person? And I think that's where costs start to come up and things like that. I think that the, I think one of the important things to know, too, is just um, to go back to your point. I, say, I do agree 100 yeah, percent. If you have the switchers and things like that. But I also think a lot of events at that point, too, were also just like, oh, we'll just do a two camera shoot. Just two cameras should be good. No worries at all. And it's like, yeah, great. That's that might be fine for the in-person audience because they don't really care about all these changing angles. But like think about a TED talk. If it only had one camera, two camera angles, you'd be like, oh, this is boring. But I think one reason why a TED talk really good, it has lots of angles. So that's where I think those costs on. So I started to put a pin. I went back a little bit. But I think, again, the networking component is the area where I think some additional costs come in. However, I think you also bring up a good point, though, is that you have to think about these costs that existed already. So you might be looking at, you know, for your um, – you know, your in-person event, you were like, oh, yeah, let's just get some couches and put them in the corner. Well, it's like, okay, that's good. That's how you allow in-person people to attach. But how can you maybe do that same kind of concept maybe virtually? And I, I have some ideas and some concepts and things like that I'm definitely down to share um, with people. Um, but, yeah, like I think that's where that next level of like you might need more staff who are going to be in virtual that are going to work on facilitating the in-person. And like, that's where I think those costs start to come in. Maybe not double, but – I think that's fair. I think, yeah, what I was describing was probably hybrid 1.0. It's what we were doing 10 years ago, playing around with event caps and Skype. uh, But but, but my point, I think, is that a lot of that still holds true, right? So what the best Mm -hmm. practices were 10 years ago are still the best practices now. And it's all about design. Um, And that's the other thing that I've been emphasizing a lot lately is that you can't tech your way into a good hybrid experience. You have to design it. You You have to really... 
do kind of the empathy event design canvas, you know, all of that kind of stuff that puts you in the footsteps of both audiences and step your way through um, each of those experiences. And um, uh, one of the guys that I love uh, listening to, uh, Alex Lindsay, who uh, we've we've talked about before, um, describes the, the, that the re he actually says hybrid is impossible. Like, mm. like I disagree with that. Like I, I would have that debate with him any day of the week. Um, but he says, I, I kind of hope it's impossible so I can prove the impossible yeah, or yeah, like, exactly. it, or like having right. an impossible goal is so exciting, you know, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But that's, no, that's because his experience has been what my, our experience has been with bad hybrid, which is yeah. the, the, and it's designed. So he's a production syndrome. guy, right? He's a production guy. So he's doing what the client is asking and they can only suggest so much. And so, you know, what the client, what, what many people's idea of hybrid in the past was, stick a camera in the corner and live stream it and oh and he God. describes that as the kids table so right so you've got your thing, right? you've got your <laughs> I thanksgiving i almost like that better than fly on the wall the kids table yeah. so, so you've better. got the you've got the kids you got the kids you know you got your thanksgiving dinner and you've got the main dinner and everybody's there and we're talking but then over there is the kids table it's it's the card table the, with the folding legs <laughs> and yeah it gets the job done you know you can have dinner but it's not a full experience and so that's why i say it's a design issue more than it is a technical issue now you can use tech to to help support it but it's got to come from the design you've got to be thinking about how do we provide opportunities for just the basics of q a and chat and things like that but then like you said you know that that, that next level of mm -hmm. networking and interaction is that going to happen through social media is that going to happen through is it really happening between the in-person audience and the online audience or are we giving two separate opportunities to to network and, and hang out Either one can be done. It's just a question of, again, thinking it through in the context of your attendees and your audience. So I think you're 100% right that there is a next level to this as well that can include cost. But I, you know, honestly, I maintain you can do an amazing event on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you design it. If you know the well. right way to do it, right? right. If you design it well. <laughs> You know, and then and then you can bring up the production values. You can do better cameras. You can do better lighting. You can do, and there's ways. There's always ways to improve it. But just like you can design a really good event in a field, it's true. You know, uh, but then you know it's kind of nice to have it in a. You know, and you could put a really good event on in a field. People get married in fields. It's true. You know, it's true. but it's true. Sometimes you want air conditioning. <laughs> well, okay, so I'll, I'll pose this kind of challenge to you about the networking stuff, right? So so my thought process around the networking, because, like, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that you have to be on the same platform. I mean, like, you have to be on the same platform. I think, like, I've heard a couple rumors of, like, well, yeah, we'll have the virtual platform, and then we have our in-person app because we already had that contract sign. Like, no, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Don't put them on separate apps. Like, make them all together. Also, it's twice as much work, so why would you even do that? But, um so I think you have to put them on the same app so they can interact with each other. I think the chat polling things, definitely easy to do. Like, right, like it's so easy to bring up a session chat on your phone while sitting in the ballroom, and that's the chat that um, the uh, virtual audience is using. When it comes to the networking thing, this is one of the areas I think is the, this is the next layer of innovation, I think. So for all those event tech companies who are listening to our podcast, I'm about to give you free product development ideas right here but i think the thing that's missing is that right now everyone's like okay cool well we have these ways to network with each other ai matchmaking and things like that and that's cool i'm imagining i'm an in-person audience and i say boom i've been ai matched with brant brant's a really cool wow he only he talks about event he has a podcast about event technology i'd love to talk to brant but i'm in person right now uh you know maybe i'll connect with brant after the event and then that never happens right same idea like on-demand content and things like that 
So I, I'm okay. I don't do that. But let's say I'm really ambitious. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to meet with Brant. And I say, okay, Brant, let's have a meeting. We do the scheduling tool inside the app, all these things that already exist. But then I go, okay, Brant, like, yeah, so let's meet at 10 p.m., you know, and our time zones match up. Good to go. Well, I just get out of the general session. I go, oh, I have my meeting with Brant. Now on my phone, I'm like, okay, well, I got to talk to Brant, right? I'm going to use the video calling that the app does. And I'm imagining, yeah, like either I'm walking through the conference, talking to Brant on my phone. The while bouncing jiggly the phone thing. Yeah, with the, jiggly with the, phone. With the background bouncing around, yeah. Or worse is that I, and we've talked about this, how co-working spaces are needed for events. But I end up going, oh, I'm going to go around the corner where it's quiet and there's good Wi-Fi. Or even worse, I go all the way back to my hotel room because it's at least quiet over there and I'll do it on my laptop or whatever it is. And now... I'm I'm having this removed experience from the event rather than networking with Brant as if he's part of the event. Um, so I have some like concepts and ideas um, on it. And I think one of the things is trying to figure out, wouldn't it be cool, this is my out there idea, if you could show up at an event and oh, I have a networking with Brant. I'm in pod A around the corner. It's a quiet call in pod, and I show up, and I, you know, I open up the door, and then Brant shows up on screen. We have a conversation. I get done. Call ends, it, and I leave, and boom, someone else can come and use it and have the conversation. It auto-sanitizes because that's the world yeah. we're in now. <laughs> yeah, it's like an airplane basically right. in itself. Um, but, yeah, like that's what like I think like kind of one of the ways I think that attendees, like a frictionless – experience that doesn't pull away from the experience and that allows them to interact with each other um i um you know i think that it, there is a lot of work and costs to be able to do what i just described um uh, but you know I'm, I'm trying to think of like more ways that attendees can have this blurred line experience between virtual and in person as much as possible you know and again i don't think it does doesn't necessarily need to include that much because just providing the opportunities and providing the suggestion you know i attended again a, a hybrid event probably eight pushing 10 years ago um and and i always held it up as the perfect example by the way of like i wasn't that interested in, in attending this event but i went to it online and then i was like you know i kind of like to go to that in person like because if you do that right it will drive attendance to your in-person events, but that's that's neither here nor there. But this particular one, they did a good job of incorporating the, the Q&A and stuff from the audience. They had the virtual host there that was acting as the voice in the room. You know, let's go to, hey, uh, Bob, what's, do we have any questions coming in from the audience? Yeah, I've got Brad from Cincinnati asks, you know, so yeah. they getting that kind of connection, the, the online audience gets to hear their names, uh, you know, in the in the broadcast. And then they went to breakouts and they encouraged us as the online audience to join a team. So they, they were doing kind of a team building exercise. And uh, so were they you all your own virtual team. No, no. To join one of the actual in-person teams. And so, so how did they do this? Face, FaceTime. Oh, wow. So yeah, they said, so, like, oh, just give me your phone number. We'll yeah, yeah. You and and so, you know, I think at the time it was probably Skype or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah. but it, the, you know, it was and they just, you know, sat the laptop there at the table. And uh, it was chaotic and it was crazy and it was weird, but it was fun, you know. And so I and then I as the as the online attendee got to participate in, in the team building. And so it, but that was by design, right? They encouraged everybody to do it. We're like, we don't even know if this is going to work. But, you know, try and get at least one online member on your in-person teams. <laughs> one, and, one kid from the kids table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it was a blast. And like I said, it was another reason why it made me want to be in person. Right? I got to see the fun that they were having in person. And um, even though I had a great time, it made me go, well, maybe I would want to go to that conference in person. It would have been great if I did. Yeah. So then my question becomes, did you, like, this is where 
and I, I recognize I'm stirring the pot a little bit. I might be like, oh, yeah. is gaslighting the right term? I don't know yet. Um, I don't really 100% understand the definition of that word quite yet. But um, did it at all, did you ever feel like you were discon – did you f ever feel like you were being ignored by the in-person audience though? It's kind of like when you show up to a conference room. You ever had a call with someone on a co in a conference room and you're the one virtual person and they're all talking to each other, joking. Someone says a joke and they hear everybody laughing. You're like, I didn't hear what he said. What did he, what did he say? Oh, he said that? Oh, okay, it's not fun. Okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not laughing at that. Oh, no, like, you had to be like, here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, we, we, if there's this really great book called Remote Work, uh, uh, Holloway's Guide to Remote Work, and it talks about how there's such a challenge with hybrid workspaces that um, when people show up with conference rooms that the, the remote attendees always feel disconnected from. So, so much the fact that some companies even say, don't even go to the conference room. We're all going to do our meetings from our desks, so everybody's tuning in virtually, so we can hear and things like that. I'm wondering if something similar is going to ha it can happen in those kind of scenarios, though. It's worth playing with these ideas. I mean, I, I think that's the other frustrating thing for me is that there's so many people who desperately want to get back to what we were doing, and where there's a real opportunity here to to play around with formats to try new things to see you know i think the folks that are the most forward thinking to be perfectly honest uh when we look to these hybrid events they're not they're not then designing and i'm talking the near term right you know so with this yeah. near term we, we we have to do hybrid because we don't know what the heck's going on um the i think the recommendation is and probably should be to uh to design for your online audience first and then incorporate your in-person audience to that. So the opposite of what I would have said two years ago. Is that um, you would have felt like as an impersonalist, you maybe felt right. a little bit more FOMO so the, and left right. out. So, the, so I think the, 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 uh, the way that these, we should move forward in these next you know, year or so with our hybrid events is to actually take what we've learned in these last 10 months, almost a year, uh, to, about creating really good online experiences. Do that. And now let's try and reincorporate the on the in-person audience mm -hmm. um and and you know play around we're, we're you know the beauty of online is that we're not bound by time and space and hotel rooms that can only hold this many people you know so if you get a breakout that blows up you can have as many people in it as you want you yeah, know sure. so so how do we now take the advantages of online and start applying them to the in-person is where my head is bacon right now like how can we mm. try and create wonderful amazing online experiences that have an in-person component mm. <laughs> and i think you have to be willing to break things right now too like yeah. at least in this next year you, like it's the same reason why like we said what you, you and i in march were like just start doing virtual events now i know yeah. you don't have no idea what you're doing just start doing it because guess what a year from now no one's going to forgive you for having a crappy virtual event but same thing right now i think like once we have the ability to come in safely um, to do events, uh, you know, all in the right way. Don't be hesitate to break things. Like, go try something. Like you said, just have your facilitator say, "Look, you know what? Let's let's get some virtual attendees in here. Can you guys call? Let's, let's just call them. Yeah. Well, I, oh well, the internet's not so great. Like, just give it a try. We'll right. see if it works. And right, and like you're gonna get people say, "Yeah, that we tried that thing. It didn't work." And you're like, "But then you hear a couple people say, "I really love that. That was so cool." And you're gonna be like. Okay, we got to make sure we do more of that then too. Yeah, the first time that we started trying to do um, uh, pods like like you know you know where you've got 
20, 30 people in London, 20, 30 people in Amsterdam, 20, 30 people in New York, you know, and then a central location for the event. It was a disaster. I mean, you know, we, 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 we had the delay issues and we were trying to bring the pods in to, you know, report back on what they were doing in their breakouts. And then no one knows how to do mix minus. No one else did that. It was was an absolute (laughs) disaster. Um, mainly because people did just didn't fully understand the, the delay involved, you know, okay, let's take, let's take it to Cincinnati, not understanding that they're not going to hear that for 40 seconds. Um, and so, you know, we, you have to have people on comms in the background saying, you know, okay, Cincinnati, mute your main feed. We're coming to you in 20 seconds, you know, and then you're, it's live as opposed to they're watching the feed, that kind of thing. Um, so we learned a lot, uh, in literally one show where things went horribly wrong. And then the next show, you know, we were doing the mixed minuses and then the delay and was all fixed. And so we can do, we have that opportunity here again. So like you say, let's just try it and we'll, we'll break stuff and we'll learn stuff, you know, and I think we're going to start learning when we don't need to have an audience, <laughs> you know, when we don't need to have an event, you know, I keep talking about the Netflixification of events that we're, we as audience members are going to decide, is this one I want to go to the theater for, or is am I just going to wait till it comes out on Disney plus? Uh, well, we call this an internally at endless. The, this should, this should have been an email or this should have <laughs> yes. been a Slack message, right. you know, <laughs> yep, yep. like that basically the same concept. Yeah. When, when should your event actually not be in an event or when should it have just been an email or a Slack yeah. message or a Netflix movie or YouTube video? To, you know, totally sidecast, but if anybody is really interested in uh, the future of product announcements, um, go look up the Frame.io product announcement that just came through as we're recording this I last week. I love Frame. We're, we're um, a huge fan. So, so Will, when you're, that's your homework uh, when we're done here is to go look at it because it is gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. That is, the, the bar has been set on product announcement. And wow, it wasn't crazy. on a stage. It wasn't live. It was a production. It was wow. a it was a movie basically, <laughs> and wow. it's it is it is cinematic. It is gorgeous. It is um, it was clearly rehearsed within an inch of its life, um, and then and then shot beautifully. Um, and you know what? For a product announcement, you don't need it to be live necessarily. You know that that was one to watch in the theater. Uh, perhaps, but your home theater. I don't know. I, frame, my, my metaphor's falling. My metaphor's falling apart. This is frame frame dial the C two C announcement. Um, I want to say it was like cut, with, like you know, decks and things like that. No, and it, it, like, it was just within the last week. It was like camera something. There, it's actually camera camera to cloud. So maybe yeah, yeah, C two C. C two C. Sorry, I didn't. It's, I just saw Brent, Brent connect all the dots Ding. in his head. Um, no, I just I, I sorry yeah. I wasn't I, yeah. I'm making funny right now. But no, no, no that's fine. I I just saw it because it's like a 35 minute long video. Yeah, on and here. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, now, how do you you know? There's still things that you need to solve for. Like, so how do you you know if you're doing a, a phone or something like that? You know, it's the the press they want to get their hands on it. You know, and that's what most mm-hmm. people said they missed about CES was getting their getting their mitts on the you know on the gear itself. So there's ways to get around that. You know, people mail loaner phones and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they can give away, I'm sure they gave away a lot of, uh, you know, hardware and, and cloud services. You know, obviously whoever did that production got free cloud services. Yeah, totally. Because totally. it's a gorgeous shoot. Um, so, 
I mean, no, my point being that we're, we're now is the time to continue to play around with things. Um, think about designing for online first and then bringing in your hybrid audience uh, almost as a pod, you know, as, as you know, like, yeah, let's go check in with the live audience as opposed yeah. to <laughs> the other way around. Um, and then, and I think we'll discover all kinds of interesting things. And I think it, you'll, we will accidentally make our in-person events better if we're sure. playing around with formats and, what can we do and what can we change? I love it. I love it. Well, we, we, I think we'd love to hear from our audience on this one too. What ideas do you have in terms of how to combine the hybrid and the virtual audiences together to get them to interact with each other? We know you're full of ton of ideas. You send it to us all the time. Shoot us an email, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Again, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. And uh, yeah, let us know. We'd love to hear all of your ideas and um, everything like that as it comes to how to build this future of interaction and audience engagement. I think my one takeaway that if I, if I could just reemphasize it one more time, you can't tech your way into engagement. You can't tech your way into connections. You can't tech your way into networking. It's all about design. So you have to design these things into your program and then try and find technology that's going to support those goals. I couldn't have said any better myself. Well, We'll take this one home. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Brant, thank you so much for the awesome conversation. I got some homework over here to go watch the Framed IOC to C announcement. And um, we'll look forward to seeing every single one of you next time on Event Tech Podcast. Event Tech Podcast. Out. Out. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.